Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. If you haven't already, head over to YouTube and subscribe and like the most recent video. And also if you can hit that bell button, you'll get notifications of when a new upload has been released. This episode is in paid partnership with The Flawed Journey, who offer mental health services online in the UK, Ireland, Europe, Australia, New Zealand and Asia. The Flawed Journey are a young team of fully qualified mental health counsellors and psychotherapists who work closely with young adults facing difficulties such as depression, anxiety, trauma, loneliness and most recently their response to COVID-19. Flawed Journey have a unique approach to normalised therapy whilst ensuring no individuals are put on a long waiting list or expected to pay large fees. The Flawed Journey are offering to shit talk and banter listeners their first therapy session free by using the discount code mentioned in the description below, TALKFREE. You can connect with the team at their website www.flawedjourney.com or on their Instagram page. Hope you enjoy the episode. so it doesn't get like awkward if I just like hang up and then never speak to you again. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay. I've had that in the past with previous podcasts. You just go, you're gone. Yeah, I know. I used to do it at the start. I don't know if it's like, a, it, it took me a couple of episodes to just be like, wait there, it's kind of rude, isn't it? So um, yeah, I stopped doing yeah. it like a few episodes back. Um, well done, well done. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you're, getting it all, you're getting it all right. Uh, I know. It comes in time, right? It's all, it's all about learning, getting experiences, and getting these things under your belt. And the more knowledge you have, you yeah. gain more wisdom, and then you're in a much better place and more comfortable in yourself when you're holding these podcasts. Yeah, well, that, that's what I mean. Like whenever I, uh, at the start, whenever I was doing the podcasting, it was, uh, it was all like very like, how can I say it? Like amateur. Well, like it still is amateur. I'm in the fucking living room, like doing the. I'm not yeah. in the studio. Yeah. Um, but at the very start, it was uh, it was a bit like I wasn't like doing like a sort of script in my head. If if you sort of know what I'm talking about, like I would have just mm-hmm. went into the interview and like just anything that was popping in my head. But thankfully for me, I just talk shit all the time. Hence the title of the <laughs> of the podcast. I like it. Yeah, but I thought it would be better to have like a a kind of like kind of structure like in my head, and then it gives me like that structure to look up whenever I am talking mm. to people. Mm-hmm. Well done. Good to have a structure. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Um, so we start recording people. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm joined by Jared O'Brien. Um, is it, do you like Jared or Jer? I'm known as Jer everywhere. So you just follow me, Jer. Okay, Jer. If you want to contact me and stuff, it's Jer O'Brien. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Jer, do you want to introduce yourself for people who don't know you? Yeah, well, I'm Jerry O'Brien. I'm what's known as a, a Master of Technique Practitioner, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, otherwise known as tapping. I've been into health and fitness all my life. Um, been into martial arts since the, the late 70s. Uh, played football all my life, soccer, played semi-pro in, in the UK, and I'm still heavily involved in um, health and fitness. It's a massive part, massive part of my life at the moment. Brilliant. And you said you do martial arts. What kind of martial arts are you? Well, I, I started off doing a Shotokan karate. Oh, and then okay. that, that then there was a break in that for many years. And then I started to study um, 
what was called the uh, Kapak. It was an Israeli Army Special Forces technique, mm. and uh, it came to Ireland. I was probably one of the first ones to learn it. So I started doing that for over 10 years and started teaching it. Uh, an incredible system, absolutely incredible. Um, very effective, but um, again, you know, even when I was training the classes, you'd be inclined to spot an undesirable before the class would even start, and I would entertain that, you know, mm. because martial arts is all about calm and giving and, you know, being loving and caring towards people. It's yeah. not about aggression and violence, but to, to understand the simple technique and to have it in your back pocket, I think it's very important for everybody to know some sort of self-defense system, you know, yeah. even if it's to run. Yeah, one encourage. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Um, whenever um I was in Australia, there I was doing jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um for a couple of years, and that was the first thing that like our coaches told us whenever we came in in the first couple of weeks of our training. They were like, "No one wants to fight. We're learning you these fundamental techniques to get over fight, get over hot situation, but." if it does come to you actually fighting, then you're going to have to use what we're teaching you. So like yeah. people who like go out like on a night out or something like that there, or like um, they're walking down the street and they just think, Oh, I know this here. I'm going to use this against people. Or if like they kind of announce it like, Oh, I do jujitsu. Um, so I, I just watch yourself. Do you know what I mean? People who like, I find the people who show their weapons are the people that are actually kind of weak inside. Does that make sense? Correct. That's 100% right, Nathan. Yeah. They're the weak ones. You know? they're, they're the ones with the issues in their lives. And in most cases, when there is an altercation or a confrontation, you're not the issue. It's something that's happened in that person's life. Mm. They could have been bullied. They could have been abused as children. They could be in an abusive relationship at the moment. Somebody might have died in their families. And they, well, they might have a few bears or whatever the case may be. And then the anger starts to kick in. And maybe memories from the past might start to occur in their, in their mind. And next thing, there's eye contact. And, hey, what are you looking at? <laughs> Sorry, not looking at anything, but you're not, yeah, you're looking at me. And bang, then it kicks off, you know. Yeah. But it's then, it's then, it's not just the physical side of the training. You need to be able to talk your way out of the situation. Mm. And firstly, you need to be aware of your surroundings, even when you get to a place. And you should be able to sense the energy in these places anyway. Yeah. And uh, if it doesn't feel good, it's just... Just get out of there. Yeah. It's uh at the very start what you said about uh your you need to like show love to each other like when you're in a martial arts gym, like that that's so true. Like whenever I first went in, I shit myself and I was like, Oh fuck, these boys are just gonna pick on me straight away. But when whenever I got in, there were, I was like talking to people who were like doctors and dentists and fucking policemen, mm -hmm. and I was just like, Oh my god, these people are so lovely. Like I thought it was gonna be like fucking like hard nuts coming after me yeah, because I was fresh yeah. meat. <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, it's not like that at all. No, it's not. It's it's very welcoming and um it's uh I 100% I'm an advocate just like you. I think everyone should know some sort of martial arts, some sort of like mm. defense technique. Um mm. because you, there's just psychos out in this world. There's psychos. I no, know you're, you're I know you're um, a fair bit stuff like that there so I hope you don't take offense to me saying that but no, People need to understand that there's, a, I think there's free people. So I think there's like, there's, uh, I think there's like men and women. And then I think there's evil people. Like there's a whole separate category of evil people. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a couple of friends about uh, the girl who went missing uh, in London. It's all over mm -hmm. the news. Everyone's talking about it in social media. Horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, I'm sure you've seen it on social media as well. There's yeah. people 
saying uh oh women don't need to be educated in like defense or anything like that there it's uh mothers need to teach their sons and then i have a big problem with that and my biggest problem with that is that people are like nowadays people are in a bubble and especially now with lockdown in most of the world people are in their own bubble and they're all safe and comfortable but whenever you get back to that sort of reality of getting outside and walking about you need to think back into you are vulnerable like everyone's vulnerable like guys especially are vulnerable as much as women that's what i believe like i've never ever taken for granted and um, i'm a guy walking down the street and just thinking oh i can do what i want at, at night time no one's going to jump me i've had friends who've walked home before and they've got jumped as well do you know what i mean and they've got the shit kicked out of them yeah so yeah. whenever i seen that quote saying mothers teach your sons i was just like no it's nothing to do with that because you can't paint everyone with the same brush. It's, it's, it's horrible. There's a separate class of people out there who are evil and they get pleasure from taking out pain on other people. And I think a lot of people, because they're inside their bubbles, they have forgotten about evil people who fucking get off and inflict yeah. pain. Do, do you agree? I agree hundred percent, Nathan. You're spot on, you know, yeah. and it's bullshit about teaching your, your sons and stuff like that. You know, it's yeah. so important for, for, for women to know some sort of a self-defense system. It's of paramount importance, you know, it really yeah. is. And this should be taught in schools. I'm sure you'd agree with that, you know. It should mm -hmm. be taught in schools, but, it, you know, the true martial artist is a, is, a, is a caring person. And there's one story I read in the magazine many years ago, and um, it was uh, it was pictured a scene on, uh, on the, the underground in Japan. Mm. And um, there's a drunk guy gets on and he starts hassling everybody. But there's a guy down the back of the carriage and he's thinking, right, this guy comes near me now. I'm going to show him exactly why I'm a master at Aikido. I trained all my life at this. So this is what he's thinking, right? And the closer this guy gets to, the, to this gentleman, the Aikido master, he's thinking, right, I'm going to catch him like this. I'm going to put him in this position. And I'm going to show him how good I am at what I do. So uh, he starts abusing everybody. And just before he gets to the Aikido master, this gentleman stands up and he says, listen, my friend, take my seat. So he took a seat and he stood over and he said, what's brought you to be so aggressive, my friend? Talk to me. What can I help you with? And the guy broke down. He put his arm around him and he comforted him. Now, that is true Akiva. That is true martial arts. You don't have to resort to violence. But if it comes right in your face, well, that's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. But this guy saw it from a different angle. What is this guy suffering with, you know? Mm -hmm. That's probably powerful, isn't it? That because like yeah. your first go-to is uh, oh, someone gets in my face, I'm gonna gonna slap him, gonna hit him. But like if you actually talk to the yeah. person to find out why are they going through, like showcasing how much pain they're going through, and um, mm -hmm. it's like a, a sort of old saying. Whenever you're driving and like someone's like really aggressive, like got really huge road rage, and you're just like thinking, oh, they might be. They might have lost someone, like you said at the start. Might have lost someone. Uh, might have had a bad day. And might have broken up with a partner or something like that. There, like you just don't know what other people are going for. No, you don't. And while ago, Nathan, when you said about evil people, evil basically is distorted thought forms. It's a distorted consciousness. That's mm. what brings evil around. Yeah. You know? You're not necessarily born evil, born evil, but it's the environment that at times 
you're, you're in and the people that are around you that should be nurturing and caring for you. And a lot of, a lot of kids don't get that and haven't got that. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, evil is a distorted thought form and a distorted consciousness that brings somebody into that state of mind yeah. where they can act so evil like that, to be fair, you know. That's so do you, so do you think, um, cause I, I'm a big believer in that as well. Like people aren't born with whatever, like I know there's like studies and stuff. Like I don't have any children and um, hopefully not for a couple of years. Still want to travel, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but with, uh, with like, uh, people being born as like such things. Um, and I was thinking like, can people be born like evil, but then, there's other like topics that come into my head i'm not going to go into them but i'm a big believer that like your environmental factors influence like who you become and even from like that early age so do you think that like people who are they're not born evil but it's just like what they've obviously experienced like in early childhood and then growing up yeah absolutely i mean there's a couple of guys pop into mind and one of them was um john wayne gacy he was a serial killer in the united states and also he's a guy called Richard Kuklinski, who was known as the Iceman. They came from massively abusive families. They were beaten, they were downtrodden upon, you know, and then came the the, the emotional and the, the psychological abuse. And that brought them to where they came to in their lives, becoming serial killers, you know. Mm. But then you had um what was the guy's name? Ted Bundy. Yeah, so who, who was who was that lawyer guy in yeah. the United States? And um Handsome looking guy, he was a, he was a, I think he was training to be a lawyer and uh, he had a lot of affluent friends. So you'd never have thought that this guy was a complete not a psychopath, but yeah. he had issues with women based on his mother, you know, that love wasn't there from the mother. So he had an inbuilt hatred for women and uh, obviously he, he, he acted it out on yeah. lots of innocent, innocent women, you know. So it, it's, it can go both ways. It can go both ways. You, you could even come from a loving family and somewhere down the line, there could be some sort of an issue that can completely distort your mindset and put you in a different direction from being a really good loving person to being an absolute psychopath. Mm-hmm. Do you, so, uh, do you learn much about like, um, like obviously like you deal with like, uh, I would, I would assume you would deal with like a lot of stuff that like Emma would deal with like, um, like sort of depression and stuff like that there. Um, have you ever like researched like into like uh, people who are evil, like serial killers and stuff like that there, like and what the sort of psychological problems are there? Yeah, yeah. I've never researched into it. I leave that down to the psychologists, you know. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm an energy therapist basically. And um, yeah. what, what I do is I help to release energy blocks and trapped emotions from our physical and energy bodies. And um, it is profound. It's the only way I can say it. Yeah, it's absolutely the most profound technique I've personally ever come across. Mm-hmm. And um, we say EFT works sometimes where nothing else has worked before. And I've, I've proven that time and time again by, uh, by working with my clients. And um, I'll give you one incident now, for instance, there was a lady came to me and she was on, um, she had one of those Zimmer friends. Mm. And, um, when she came, when her husband dropped her off in my, my clinic, her, her entire body was, was shaking uncontrollably. It was like a consistent epilepsy. So every single part of her body was shaking really, really bad. Okay. So when she came to me and I tried to try to work and I tried to tap on these acupressure points, which I'll explain in a minute. And it was extremely difficult because her body was hopping so much off the chair. So I eventually got to, got to work on her. But the point in getting to is 
this woman was perfectly fine up until a point in her life, yeah? And then it erupted. And what erupted was the emotional content that she was holding onto since she was a child manifested itself in the physical body as emotional trauma. So I asked her a lot of questions. Where did she think this was coming from? She couldn't really answer me at the start. No, she'd been to um, a lot of different physicians and specialists in all around Ireland within a period of six weeks. And there's nobody could do anything with her. She was in the hospital for two weeks. She was in um, on huge medication. And thankfully, she was off the medication when she came to me. But anyway, I worked on her. And um, when I was tapping on her, there was, there was triggers occurred from past events. Some of these past events were from childhood abuse and then bullying into teenage years. And then there was relationships that failed, abusive relationships. And the marriage wasn't going too well. And there was lots of other issues. So the point they get to is there was a culmination of many factors over a lifetime had come to a head six weeks previous and had just exploded and had manifested itself in the physical body, all these trapped emotions. So when I was tapping on her, we were verbalizing how she felt back during these incidents and these traumas that had happened and how she felt at that particular moment. So the more we tapped and the more she addressed it and got in, con in, in contact with her, um, her emotions and her feelings, we were able to release these energy blocks and the trapped emotions. Fast forward 20, 25 minutes later, she left my clinic. Absolutely nothing wrong with her, just like you and me. She walked out the door. And I often said, if I had a video of that um, session, it would prove to people how effective EFT energy therapy is, you know. Obviously, you can't, video, you can't video um, the client, but I had lots of other ones like that after, afterward, people with severe anxiety and depression. But you must realize that the cause of all negative emotion is a disruption in the body's energy system. And people neglect the energy system. Like the meridian system is where we hold out the trauma and trapped energy blocks. And memories buried alive never die. So in order to move forward, we need, we really do need to address the memories because the memories are, are what, what's calling the anxiety and the depressive states within us. So in order to move forward, we need to address these trapped emotions because if we don't, these trapped emotions will start to fester within inside the internal organ system. And every internal organ and parts of the body have a connection with, with, with an emotion. For instance, fear is attached to the kidneys or the bladder. Anxiety would be in the stomach or the spleen. And you speak to anybody that's got severe anxiety. And where's the first place that they feel it? They feel it in their gut, you know? But you'd be very surprised when you actually start to address the emotions that they're holding on to and where they're holding on to in the body. And when you tap on a particular acupressure points that it literally it's like cutting the cord because everything has an energetic connection to it especially emotions and feelings from past events traumas bullying whatever the case may be from past it has an energetic connection but it also has a memory connection so when we start to address the things that have happened to us in the past and if we don't you will never ever heal mm -hmm. i tell you no straight up you will not heal unless you resolve unresolved specific events and emotions from time, places and events. Unless we address these, you're wasting your time. You're wasting mm. your time. You need to address what has happened in order to move forward. And one of the most important things here is acceptance. Just accept how you felt, accept how you're feeling, 
and offer no more resistance to what's going on in your mind and in your body. And you choose to take full control and responsibility for your mental, emotional, nobody speaks about emotional, it's all mental health and well-being. But it's emotional, it's a mental, emotional and well-being. So you have to be very conscious of that. Everybody's about the mental, nobody talks about the emotional. But the emotional is where the real healing starts. Once you meet, once you address it, it's only then we can move forward. But again, as I said, if it's not addressed, you're wasting your time. Mm. Wasting your time. So I I got lost there, like in your words, because I was like, fucking hell am I at a TED Talks or something? <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> um that's so when I took a pause because I just I, I won't stop, you know. I'm like you, I don't have any, I don't have any script, you know. <laughs> no, I, I I'll let you talk about. It, don't worry. Um, yeah. that was very interesting. So the way you're talking there, um, so say like say like you had a a random client came in and uh, say you start tapping and you tapped on like say like their bicep or something like that. There, you start tapping on their bicep and then the person like start breaking down do you automatically assume that that their like their bicep is like associated with like some sort of trauma they've had in the past like say like maybe they got grabbed there whilst like just say for instance like they got grabbed there whenever they got raped or something like in the past yeah. would you you would sort of know that that's like a tr- something traumatic's happened yeah definitely and you're spot on nathan no wouldn't necessarily be in, in the bicep but very good way of putting it, but like if you just look, have it. Obviously, your viewers, uh, the listeners can't see me, but the tapping points would be up around the head, for instance, and um, collarbone underneath the arm and on top of the head. How simple is that? Mm. But when I'm tapping, I'm being very consciously aware of uh, my my client's posture, their skin color, their demeanor, their tone of voice. So when I'm tapping on particular points, I can nearly sense the shift while they're talking about something. So let's just say they were abused as a child. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So I'm tapping on points. And next thing, I'm at this particular point here. And then I see there's a shift. Mm-hmm. I can see they're uncomfortable. And then um, they might get a little bit teary-eyed. They might take a deep breath. And I know I'm after hitting a point. So I just concentrate on this point then for a little while. I'll calm the client. You know, just reassure them that they're safe. I get them through this. And then um, keep tapping on that point, get them to focus on the breath, and then we start to move on. And then after that, we're on the tapping, which will only take maybe 30 seconds. Before we would start that, I'd say on a scale of zero to ten, how intense is uh, is is the feeling of fear we'd say from the abuse? Let's just say it was a ten, and we're really holding on to it. They might say I'm holding on to it in my chest, and they might say I'm holding on to it in the middle of my forehead at the same time. So we work on this, tap away, and then after that 30 seconds, I'll say, how does it feel now? Has the intensity dropped? Because 10 is intense, zero means it doesn't bother you. Nearly nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, it's going to drop. Mm. So it could drop down to a seven. So straight away, we've got a shift. And we know that we're after hitting a a major blockage that has started to come down. For the first time in their lives, there's an actual shift. And then you can see in their eyes and they're like, Oh, what's what's going on here? What do you feel? I actually feel I actually feel better, you know. So okay, let's do another round. So we work on this again. Guaranteed it'll drop again. Could drop down to a three. So now we're after going from a 10 of holding on to this fear from the abuse for 30 years, for instance, and it's already starting to shift. So then the, the client is questioning, Jesus, what's going on here? Mm. This couldn't possibly be happening. This is too easy. 
you know, I've often said, I'm, I'm complicated, you're social. No, 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 you're fine, just carry on with what you're doing, you know. <laughs> so then after that round, it could be gone to a 10, gone, gone to a zero completely. So we look back at the memory and don't necessarily have to go into the abuse, but we can look back at the memory of the feeling and then I say, how does that feel now, looking back at that time, place and event? It doesn't bother me. So within minutes, that energetic connection is cut from the abuse and the feeling. Think about this, the feeling. Like the feelings are the guideposts to our understanding. Always know and accept them because your feelings are never wrong. So if that feeling has dropped from a 10 to a zero, literally in minutes that you've been carrying all your life, well, then it's gone. Mm. It's completely gone. No, you could have another aspect. You could have a hundred aspects of different fears. You could have a fear of spiders. You could have a fear of going for that interview, but that's a different type of fear. No, we've dealt with one specific fear, which is a huge fear. But that one fear could possibly um, sever all the other cards to all the other fears that you have yeah. within reason. We call it like, um, it's like the, where would I normally put it? It's like having a forest, okay? with 100 trees, and those 100 trees are trapped emotions. So when you're working on a specific emotion, let's say anxiety over a dog picture. Okay, so that's one tree we're after knocking down. That's one emotion gone. But in a lot of cases, when we hit a core issue, which is a massive issue that you're holding on to, once we hit that emotion, let's call it one of the trees in the forest, and we sever that, that's a huge emotion. That's one of the biggest oak trees in the forest that knocks down all the other trees. Mm. So we don't we don't have to delve into any other emotions. We've yeah. had a massive core issue. And the other emotions that we've been holding on to all our lives, because of that one emotion, are gone. <laughs> Doesn't bother us anymore. Because we've had a core issue. That's crazy. So do you have like a like with your clients then, do you have like a high turnover rate then? Like they just come in and then they go, or do they always come back for like new issues? Huge. It's massive. It's absolutely massive, Nathan. Um, firstly, I'm sure you can see I'm so passionate about what I do. Yeah, you I'm are. Absolutely. I absolutely love to help people. You know, My heart's in the right place. And I've often said to other people in the same type of profession, you could say, once you lose that desire and that love and that compassion and that empathy to help another human being, pack it up. Mm. Pack it up. Because the monetary side of it is always secondary. It's what you do from your heart. And, and to try and get that person back on track in their lives again is of paramount importance. It's everything. So everybody that comes in my door, I give every single thing I possibly can to help that person to heal the hurts that they're holding on to, to move on in their lives. And is it as quickly as possible that you can do that? So like you wouldn't like hang on to like a client for a couple of weeks? Because I know like... Yeah, with... that's what you were saying. That's what you were yeah. saying. I was going to get to that. Um, in some cases... A client would come to me for one session, right? Mm. Now they could be holding on to something for 30, 40, 50 years. And then um, the session will go absolutely fantastic. And then they'll say, Look, should I come? When do you want me to come back? Well, I said, that's up to you. I don't, mm. I don't tell you to come back or ask you to come back. You know yourself. I definitely want to come back and see it. But in a lot of cases, I mean, it's only right because if you're carrying a lifetime of trauma, you can't expect me to solve that within yeah, exactly. one hour. Yeah. Or yourself to solve it for that matter. No, I have people coming to me for several years. And the reason being is because we've dealt with the trauma and the suicidal tendencies and stuff like that with a lot, a lot of my uh, regular clients. No, they might come back to me every fortnight. 
And the reason being is because they feel fantastic once they're with me. And when they leave, it's like recharging the battery again. Mm-hmm. So they're the, they're, the, they're the really ones that are tuned in regarding looking after their mental and emotional well-being. Because I love this quote, actually, it's, um, if you're in the States, you don't have a therapist. They say there's something wrong with you. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> I don't know, but I've always used it. <laughs> I, I could have seen it on a TV show or something, you know. Yeah. If you don't have a therapist in America, there's something wrong with you. I, see, I, I feel like I've heard that before as well. Yeah, but they're right. Mm-hmm. They're right, you know. And then um, what I find as well is that I see an awful lot of guys, Nathan, which is fantastic, you know. An awful lot of guys uh, come to me and there's no beat around the bush. They open up straight away. You know? I just have that connection with people. But I give a lot of talks to companies as well, and especially in the construction industry. Mm. That is my background. Like I was in construction all my life. You know? Yeah, I remember you so were saying to Emma on yeah. her Instagram live, you were talking about that. Yeah, I have a great connection with the lads, you know. And um, so I give talks to corporate companies as well at colleges and uh, and primary, primary, secondary schools. But in you know trying to push EFT in, in schools and stuff in Ireland is extremely difficult because they're so backwards thinking mm-hmm. that um, they're, they're all stuck with the curriculum, but. I guarantee you, Nathan, the future and healing is energy therapy. Mm-hmm. It really, really is, you know. So in the in the United States, they're they've actually introduced EFT tapping into into primary schools from <laughs> five years up. And I've seen videos of this on YouTube. And the the ambience and the the energy in the classroom when the teacher says, Right, kids, let's do some tapping, and they're tapping, it's just like whoosh, brings everything done that's but i mean if you could introduce something like that into a school yeah. wouldn't you do it if you were a principal Except, yeah kids would love that I mean, as well on. like they love it and, it look, yeah. and they're bringing a lot of stuff from home as well you know and everybody's like this rosie in the garden and they don't have to tap on specifics it's just mm-hmm. the fact that they're tapping they're getting that energy flowing through the, the energy body and the meridian system and they start to feel a lot better and collectively when you do that in a group yeah the energy, the energy is even more potent yeah, I 100% agree with that. Like, especially with the children, like they would, I would love that whenever I was younger. Like, okay, we're going to do our 10 minute EFT. Everyone just gets up and then everyone starts tapping. Like, and all the kids will be laughing, having fun. And then it'll be instilling something into them at a young age, yeah. which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of, one of the things I, I would, I would dearly love to get into primary schools with and start from that level up is to go in and speak about the two most powerful words in existence that nobody speaks about. And those two words are, I am. <laughs> and everything that follows I am, you become, I become. So be fairly careful what you speak about yourself because what you speak about yourself and what you think about yourself and what follows I am, you become all day long. Mm-hmm. So if you're cons- consistently, continuously affirming to yourself, I'm not good enough because my mom and dad told me, I'm not good enough because I was bullied in the schoolyard. If you keep affirming that, your subconscious mind will accept that as a fact over a period of time, and you will become exactly that. And then a myriad of other, other emotional mental health issues down the line. But if you go into school, if I was to go into schools and teach kids, right, who's the most powerful, who's the most important person in my life? I am, firstly, okay? Then up on the blackboard, I go, give me something positive after I am. I'm a good kid. Fantastic. That's a start. So you could spend an hour speaking about I am a wonderful person. I am good enough to achieve anything I want in my life. I am starting to believe more in myself. 
I am worthy only of the best because I am the best. Constant, 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 affirming yeah. I am, and you become it. Yeah. So a small, a small little thing, a small little thing, but massive, a massive impact on a young child's life. Because once you start to instill positivity after I am, you create so much positive energy within yourself. You can feel it as soon as you say, I am good enough. So when, when clients come to me and if they say to me, I just don't feel I'm good enough. Okay, I get this an awful lot of time and their confidence is low. So I work on the negative first and I go, right, I want you to believe what you just told me. So then they go, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough. I'm not good enough. And how does that feel? It feels real. It feels truthful. So all right, now I want you to really connect with it. And I'll tap on them at the same time and repeat after me, I am not good enough. Then I'll get them to really say it a little bit louder. I am not good enough. So I'll do a round of tapping while they're saying, I am not good enough. And then at the end of that, I would say, right, how are you feeling now? Nine times out of 10, doesn't feel right. But just the odd one then, no, it feels truthful. So I'll go through it then again. And next thing, bang, you can see a shift. <laughs> because they've said it so much, no, this doesn't feel right. So I'll turn that around completely. Whereas two minutes earlier, they're not good enough and they've been saying this all their lives. They've been telling themselves all their lives. So they, they feel it. And now we've gone from, you know something? I actually am good enough. So we'll do a couple of rounds of that. Now, how does that feel? That feels absolutely fantastic. So from this moment on, now you're going to affirm to yourself that you are good enough. Now, one of the worst things we could do to ourselves, Nathan, and your listeners, is to affirm to ourselves that we're not good enough. And to affirm to ourselves that I am not worthy of anything in my life. Worst thing you could possibly do, because there's other people out there who will speak about us anyway in a negative way. Now, if we start adding fuel to the fire and affirming on a daily basis that we're not good enough, then it's just going to create a myriad of massive emotional problems down the line. So start every single day by affirming that, number one, I am the most important person in my life. And if I don't value who I am, then how do I expect anybody else to value me or believe in me? So I start this day now by believing in myself that I am the most important person in my life. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree with that 100%. That's very, very powerful. But it's it's weird whenever people do like talk shit about themselves. It always reminds me of uh, uh, a clip out of Bad Santa, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but the yeah. the small kid who eats sandwiches, he was like, he said something about himself. He was like, even though I'm a dipshit loser, and then bad are your guy, uh, Bobby Lee Ford, and he was just like, uh, damn it, kid, why the fuck do you talk to yourself like that? And then he <laughs> went, <laughs> he, it, it, that's what always brings to my any time that I feel like, like if I look at like I, I really try not to compare myself to others because if I do I know I'll go down in this deep rabbit hole of like why the fuck am I not doing this blah blah, blah. Yeah. so whenever I like start to think of myself like thinking oh why am I not doing this or anything I'll try and like shift my whole like like my whole like sort of energy and my like focus away from that and just go and do something completely different so I understand what you're saying about those affirmations as well, like every day and it'll be implanted in your subconscious then that you are good enough for whatever you want to do. I believe in that 100%. And the way you just described it there is always very passionate and very, um, very like, 
uplifting as well so i can only imagine what some of your clients <laughs> go through on a daily basis <laughs> with you yeah like that and, and when i give talks i'm just uh, i'm in a different world i just oh my god i just i absolutely love it because i can feel the energy when i start to talk yeah and it's something that, that i didn't i'm not saying i have to work then or chain myself it just it just comes natural to me and then when i do get that passionate i feel i feel the energy projecting completely out of me and connecting with everybody in the room you know yeah. But um, in, in our formation, is futile unless you you bring the feeling into it, mm-hmm. Nathan. I, I did a, an Instagram post there only recently about the law of attraction. And um, if you say an affirmation and if you don't feel it, you're wasting your time. Mm. You have to feel it. Now, there's um, a lot of so-called gurus out there uh, speaking about the law of attraction. And they're charging a lot of money. Look, and good luck to the guys. That's business, okay? But I can simplify it. I can literally simplify it because of all the study I've ever done. And that is the one thing that's been neglected and left out is when you're saying an affirmation is the feeling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything. It's everything without the feeling, you're wasting your time. So the, the way I think I said it on the, on the Instagram post was um, if, if you're on the beach or if you want to be on the beach, for instance, if I'm, if I, if I'm here in Cork and I want to be in, in Thailand, um, I'd close my eyes, I'd quiet myself, okay, and I will visualize myself walking on the beach. But I'm not just visualizing, looking at myself, I'm actually looking from my eyes out. So I'm actually looking at the surroundings. Do you get that? Mm. I'm not standing back looking at myself walking on the beach. I'm looking from my own eyes out at the beach. Yeah. Now, when I'm looking, I'm also feeling. I bring the senses and I bring the emotions into it. So I can actually feel the sand. We all know what it's like to feel sand. Mm-hmm. So you just bring that to your attention. Walk into the water, feel the, feel the water on your feet and uh, feel that sensation when it's a little bit cold to start with and you get that shot up your legs and then bring in the sun and bring in the air and whatever other, other um, energy is in the environment at the time. Just bring it in. See yourself sitting back down on the sun lounger maybe at the bar, have a little cold bottle of bear or something, or a glass of water, and just picture yourself doing that and feeling the sensation. Because what it is, is you're living from the wish fulfilled as if it's already after happening. So you need to bring that feeling into it. And with repetition, I guarantee you, you will achieve what you want to achieve because number one, you're planting the seed in the fertile land of your subconscious mind, and any seeds that you plant in your subconscious mind will become, will come fruition it has to happen over a period of time your subconscious mind will accept everything that the conscious mind is feeding it and over a period of time you get exactly what you think of so be careful what you think of whether you want it or not because you get exactly what you're thinking of because energy follows cause you know it's uh, funny you mentioned that about uh, like picturing yourself like on the beach i remember whenever um i was quite young and whenever you're young you don't care what you wear whenever you're going out so like during the winter I was wearing like it wasn't even wearing a coat it was like wearing a hoodie and it was like maybe minus one or two degrees and I knew you had to get to like the shop or I knew you had to get somewhere and my fingertips were freezing my toes were so cold and what I used to do it was kind of weird because like I've never been um in my early life I had never like meditated or done yoga or anything like that there but as I was walking down the street, obviously I've walked down the street my whole life, so I could close my eyes and know where I was going. So I just closed my eyes for a co- like a couple of um, seconds and like minutes. 
And as I was walking, I was just like picturing myself being on the beach. So it's so weird that you That's, said that. because That was fantastic. Yeah, it's it's brought it back to my mind. I remember I used to do yeah. that every time I went to the shop. And like, I just kept on thinking, okay, I'm not in the cold. I'm in the warmth and the sun's blistering down on me. It's amazing. I was like picturing like pantries. Don't even know where I was picturing. I was just in my head that there was like a beach there, an ocean and the sun was on me. And it was yeah. weird. It worked. It like, actually worked. Yeah, but it does. It does. Yeah. And again, again, um, I'll, I'll put things into context here. The the, mon- the monitor screen behind you and the microphone that you're speaking into and the same what I have on my side manifested itself through thought. Mm. Okay? These would not exist unless they first started with a thought. <laughs> it's the same with a buyer up here. It's the same with the chair that you're, that you're sitting on. It's the same with a nuclear rocket. They would not exist unless they existed in a thought. And everything that has ever existed and everything that does exist is in a state of universal consciousness in the matrix, okay? Mm-hmm. Everything that ever will exist, everything that ever will be caught up of is already out there. This is why it's called a law of attraction. Mm-hmm. So when you think of something and you're on that magnetic connection with what you want to attract because of universal consciousness and what's out there, you will attract it with repetition with dominant intent. So when you're doing something and if you're visualizing, you know something, this is the no time for me. Not about what's happening in the future or what happened in the past. You just bring it into the no moment. You sit down and you quiet your mind and then you visualize what you want as if you already have it. Mm. Now you've, you've, you've heard this time and time again, but I want to simplify it to the listeners here. Sit down, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and visualize what you want as if you already have it, but bring the feeling into it. The more you do this on a daily basis, the more you will attract it. But do not have doubt about what you're visualizing. Mm. When doubt comes in, it throws everything out the window, throws the spanner in the works. You must believe 100% that this is coming. It's already here. Okay? Very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very I agree important. with that. Do you... Live from the wish fulfilled. Do you... Uh... Are you a big believer then in like, so say like with like training and stuff like that there, um, are you a big believer in consistency or are you a big believer in listening to your body? Um, I know it sounds very contradicting, but say if you take the likes of like David Goggins, he just fucking goes no matter what his body's telling him. But then other people, like the average people, as he would put it, and I'm included in that category, if I like have a tweak in my muscle or something, then I will take that break. Like what what are you what are your sort of thoughts on that? Yeah, and um, consistency, definitely. Um, but you can also push yourself too hard. I've done it myself. I've done it myself in training, especially with the self-defense classes I was teaching. I had more injuries and I kept going with it, you know, and I paid the price for that today. Mm-hmm. Um, if I listened to my body and um just you know maybe took a week or two away from it. Things would be a lot different for me physically wise now today, you know. Mm. But um, the consistency is is massive. And what I say, and I've always lived by this, um, Nathan, what takes a long time to build naturally takes a long time to lose. Mm. Okay. So if you've got guys out there on smarties and stuff and they're in the gym, mm-hmm. that won't last for long. You know, I'm telling smarties. you now, guys, it won't last for long. <laughs> yeah. You've got to put the work in, you've got to be dogged in your determination. And you must look at it like, I mean, let's say if you're genetically gifted and um, you're a bodybuilder, 
the most muscle that you will put on in a year is between seven and ten pounds mm. naturally now that that's a huge amount of uh, muscle when you look at it right between yeah. seven and ten pounds now you multiply that by four now that's a lot of muscle provided you're genetically gifted you know and as you know it's one of the hardest things in the world to do in order to grow you've got to break down the muscle fibers mm-hmm. and what comes with that hard work and intensity when you get to that rep where you think you can't go no more it's the next rep after that mm-hmm. is what's going to is what's going to create the growth but then it's what you put into your body afterwards what you fuel it but people are neglecting again the mental and emotional health yeah. when you are training and you are a superior athlete for instance if your emotional state isn't right nothing's going to function yeah your whole physicality is going to be over sync and that's why it's important to train your mind which i have done over many years and what we probably speak about after what i went through is what's after getting me through that because of my mental health mm. my mental strength my mental strength because i knew what was coming i worked on it during um worked on it before and after it that's exactly what i did you know but before- the consistency with the training sorry no uh Nathan, consistency with the training I, like i i I got my own gym, okay, and my my gym is old school stuff, mm-hmm. um, all free weights, okay. I've got a chin bar up the back. I've got a chin bar in my gym. It's only a small gym, but it does exactly what I needed to do. Yeah. And I've got more weight, more free weights than I could ever lift. But compound movements, isometric movements, are, in my opinion, probably the best exercises to uh, to use. And what what is an isometric movement or a body movement? It's, it's your body. And I've heard guys saying, you know, geez, man, I can't go to the gym. You know, I haven't been training in seven months now. I see you off the man. You can't go to the gym. Why don't you use the gym you were born with? What's that? Your, <laughs> your, bod- your body. You know? <laughs> your body, chins, press-ups, and squats. Yeah. You don't need a gym. You don't need a gym. You could put some sort of a weight on your back, and you could do slow negative uh, reps as regards positive reps when you're when you're when you're working your body, you can visualize the weight on your back and just do a slow repetition and picture, you know, 100 or 200 pounds on, on, your, on your shoulders while you're squatting. But um, press-ups for me are massive. Different types of press-ups. I still do press-ups every single day of the week, you know, without mm-hmm. fear. And I have different apparatus that, that I will use to get a full full range of motion for, yeah. my, uh, for my pecs. So I, I've got things, they're, not, they're like dumbbells that could be 12 inches off the ground. But I put my hands in those, and then I do press ups off those. I'll also have my my, my legs elevated, so mm-hmm. I do different types of press ups, uh, different spacings in between the hands. But in order to, to really work the muscle, you need to have full range of motion. Yeah. And it's the same when somebody may be doing um, you know, bench press. Fair enough, they can they can lift the heavy heavy weight with the bench press, but it's it's not really going to tax the pectoral muscles because you're not going beyond that mm-hmm. range. So that's where. The, the full range of motion comes in when you go beyond that maybe six inches from rotting to rotting the bear stopping at your chest to using medium dumbbell and going beyond that that's where the real growth comes in and yeah. that's why i use these little um, dumbbell style apparatus where i can get a full range of motion on the pecs no i'm not a professional bodybuilder never was i just always trained you know but i would have a, a vast knowledge of, um, of of training and physiology side of things as well you know yeah, no, so I'm a, consistency is massive. Yeah, paramount importance. 
I, I'm a big believer in that. Like whenever I was uh, going to the gym, whenever I was younger, um, uh, I just always done bench press and stuff like that there. And then I didn't even hear about like incline or decline until I was like maybe like a couple of years ago. And then whenever I started doing it, I was just like, holy fuck, this is so different because I didn't know that there was like three parts of your um, chest that you need to, you need to work on. Whereas I was just doing the bench press, which was just the middle. Um, and then, like you said, people always have that kind of excuse. Whereas like you could do like an incline push up like off the side of like your sofa or something like that there or you could put your feet on the sofa and then do a decline push-up like your mm. body's there like you can use it like i think it, the problem probably is is like people who just don't know how to use it like they don't have the information but i mean there's probably no excuse to say that either because we've got a fucking mobile phone and you can just look up anything <laughs> there you go <laughs> um, and the other thing is you know when, when, when young, young guys and girls join the gym today they're not showing what to do. Yeah. Their membership is taken, but they're not showing what to do. They're left mm. to their own demise. And this is where bad technique comes in, and this is where injury starts yeah. to come in. And if you're not isolating your muscle properly, then it's going to grow. They're not going to say distorted, but you're not hitting the muscle the way it should be hit, you know? Yeah. And um, it's so important to have the right training and to, to, to um, perform the technique 100% Right, it's so important. Unfortunately, yeah. again, a lot of people they're um, they're substituting weight for form. It should mm. be the other way around. You that's the, the ego, form, right? It? Yeah, that's the ego. Unfortunately, you can see guys doing um, military press now, which is a fantastic shoulder exercise, and their back is completely back. You know. Yeah. You know one of those ones, for instance, um, they might be doing upright rows with a with a heavy weight. They're not performing the exercise properly. There's not that curve in the lower lumbar, so mm. they're going to have lower back problems. The dip is not in the knees, and you know even for like a, a tricep exercise, there's guys training tricep kickbacks before they even have a tricep. You know? <laughs> they're doing isolation movements, and um, it's, it's again it's futile. You got to use the compound movements again. Yeah. A great tricep exercise, obviously, is um, is dips. You know, yeah, I love behind dips. you, with your hands behind, and your your legs elevate. But you can also put discs on your on your lap, then you know, if you want to increase the weight. So, you know, build the muscle first before you can start to train it properly. That's and a fucking then, good idea. I was thinking. You've just put like the simplest idea in my head. Like whenever I was uh, in lockdown in Sydney, um, I was using a, I didn't have any like free weight. So I just got a mop bucket and filled it up with water and then like adjusted it to whatever. So I was doing like curls. I was doing like, Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, I, it was so strange. I, I actually put a video up of, uh, I got like just a, a normal belt and I had like a pull-up bar. So I was like, oh, I'll make it a bit more harder and put some weight on. So instead of like putting a backpack on with like books, I was like, fuck it, I'll use the um the bucket of water with a belt. So I got a belt, put the bucket of water, and then I was doing like pull-ups and Fantastic. Um, it was just so like innovative. I was really, really proud of it. So I put it up online for people. But um that's a great idea what you said. Like the dips, put some weight on your legs whilst you're doing the dips like off the side of yeah. a chair or something. Like that's Correct. fucking yeah. great. Yeah. And you know if, if you can uh, maneuver your body properly, you could put a 20 kg disc up if you yeah. do have them, you know. Like I I, I don't put fine art now at the moment. And if not, if there's somebody, if you do go back to the gym, get somebody to place the, the plates on your lap while, while you're pushing the dips That's yourself, you know. And uh, let's say, let's just say you have 40 kg on your lap. Um, when you get to a certain point, you get to eight reps, maybe. Get them to rip 20 kg off and just rip it out then again, you know. Yeah. Get a really good burn on, on the tricep. 
But yeah. the, I suppose one an important factor here again is um, don't overcomplicate things when you're training. Okay. Um, I would say squats without a shadow of a doubt. My favorite exercise of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, squats, wide grip chins, um, executed properly. No, no donkey kicks. No, no kicking up into the air. Yeah, when you're doing a proper up. chin, a wide grip chin, all that moves is your arms. Mm-hmm. That's all. So if you're doing five donkey kicks and you're calling that a chin, forget it. You're fooling yeah, yourself. That's stupid. And you're wasting your time. You've got to have controlled um, technique when you're performing the exercise. So wide grip chins, deadlifts, and squats. Mm-hmm. If you could just stick with that, you can build a good foundation. And um, don't expect it in six days. Give yourself six <laughs> months to a year and stick with it until you build, build that foundation. And then you can work at that, you know? Yeah. It, it's funny that, like, uh, it, it's funny that whenever you go into the gym and people are doing a wrong technique and, like, why is it that, like, we don't go and, like, offer, like, a helping hand to, like, those people that you don't know, even though you're doing the wrong technique? Can you shed any light on that as a therapist? Yeah, well, I, I've done it before. I've done it before. Go away and mind your own business, you know? That's I know, okay. that's only. I just thought I'd help you out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, like, I've had it in case where I trained some people in the gym. Actually, this guy asked me when I trained him. So I went to this uh, kind of... Um, local gym but it was one of those gyms where you could have a hundred people in the gym you know one of those money gyms you know i don't know what you call it a super super gym or something you know yeah but uh, i started training him and uh just for the hour that i was in there with him but i had seven i had seven people come up to me while i was training i said uh, that's fantastic i've never seen that before would you be able to help me with this you know <laughs> so i couldn't help everybody else but those people wanted help yeah you know and i mean you should you should have gym instructors in these places that um, just don't want to teach it it's one certain exercise and leave it. You need to be really clear on when you're training somebody, why you're training in this particular way and the yeah. benefits of it. Just don't walk away from somebody, you know. Like yeah. We're all in this together, um, whether it's training or it's healing or it's helping people. We're all one energetically wise at the end of the day. So what you do for another, you do to yourself. So mm. always lend a hand, helping hand to anybody, anybody out there on the street, you know, whether it's in the gym or yeah the case just be kind to people just be nice yeah that, that that's exactly it like I, f- I think that fitness instructors they don't do enough like they are walking about the gym and like if i can see someone doing like a fucked up movement <laughs> and i'm sure they can see it as well so um exactly do you know what exactly. came into my head there whenever you were um talking about like energy and stuff like that and obviously you do eft um have you ever watched the movie avatar i have I, I thought it was fantastic. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. I watched it recently, that's, so that's why I'm thinking about it. Yeah. But um I could imagine like you're sort of like <laughs> obviously I don't know you, but I could just imagine like your dream would be like there's a part where the obviously like the um the Navi, the indigenous species on the planet, they are all connected with the planet. So like they have like remember they have like the ponytails with like the mm-hmm. things at the end and they connect mm-hmm. them to like animals or trees. Yeah. Um, yeah. And whenever I think is it Susan, no, Sigourney Weaver, whenever she dies, they all use all their energy and they're doing like a chant, like a mantra, and like they're all plugged into the earth and like all their energy is going towards this body to try and like mm. um to save her. Um mm. I can imagine that's like 
you could be like the person leading that, like with the mantra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I'm just thinking in my head. Firstly, very, very well put, very well described, Nathan, <laughs> to be fair, you know. But yeah. like once you grasp that, we, we are all one. Mm-hmm. We, we are all connected. And um, how will I prove, how, how can I prove that point to you? Let's say you were watching the news, okay? And there was something really horrific happened. We, let's say in Guatemala, in South America, right? And you mm-hmm. were watching this. And you felt that, that that unbelievable feeling, and you might have felt it in your stomach, you know. You might have felt unbelievable love and compassion for what happened to what you just saw to a person, for instance, okay? Mm. And it might have upset you. Though you mean to tell me that we're not connected? Mm. That's so true. Yeah. And that's just one little incident I could I could bring out. Yeah. You know? I mean, even when I when I work on people, I have to separate myself emotionally, otherwise I'd be drained, you know. Yeah. But like when some when people open up to me, you know, I can feel their heart and their pain. Mm-hmm. You know? And that just shows again that you know we're just all connected as human beings. And the more that we realize this, the better. And we can start to help each other more and to put it out there that you know, to try and, you're not going to eradicate violence and aggression. It's just it's always going to be there as part of yeah. parts of life, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, one one person can make a difference. Hell can they what, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely like like we were talking at the start, like there's always going to be evil out there. So if we all come together and try and help each other as best as we can, it can uh, try and defeat it as I know that sounds very cliche, but it can actually help. Um, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, about like the actual like EFT. So like, I, you don't really see it that much in like movies and stuff like that there. You don't really, um, you don't really see it on social media, like unless you follow like those certain accounts, you don't really see it um, like on the news or anything like that there. Is there like a, is there a stigma against it or is it just because people don't know about it? They, they don't know about it. Not, I suppose the majority of people don't know about it. And the stigma would be that it's not given a chance. Mm-hmm. It's not given a chance by um, the Western Medical Board, for instance, the, the, the medical fraternity, you know, excuse me, if it's not scientifically proven, well, it doesn't exist, but EFT has been scientifically proven on numerous occasions and continues to be proven time and time again, you know. Um, like, I'm pushing this, like, nobody is pushing this, to be honest with you, in Ireland, and I have been for many, many years, you know. I'm on local radio, you know, every couple of weeks talking about EFT and, you know, the power of positive thinking that's more besides and pushing it in my talks. You know, I've even done demonstrations with people um, before I've given talks. I might have had three people in front of me and, you know, are you okay to talk about your issues or something? Don't want to go too deep into it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I've had situations where somebody had a, a stiff neck, he could only move his neck partially, you know. And I just said, look, where, where's all this coming from? This pain, he said, I've had it for nearly 40 years, you know. And what ensued after that question was... Um, Oh, he says, where did that come from? I said, what? He said, um, I was bullied when I was a kid in school severely. And I said, uh, yeah. I said, were you looking over your shoulder a lot? He goes, I actually was. He said, yeah. So we went from there. And we did no some way. tapping, right? I swear to God. swear to God, Nathan, right? There was a lot of people in the room. And we worked on the emotional state that he had back then when I think he was uh, 14 Okay, so he's carrying this 40 years. And um, 
55, 40 years yet. So we worked on how he felt the fear that he was holding on to from the bullies and looking over his shoulder constantly, you know. And it, again, like I said earlier on, the emotional content from the traumatic events from the past manifested themselves in the physical body. Now, mm. he didn't know this, nor did I, until we started asking the questions. And then I started tapping. How did you feel back then? Unbelievably fair. I was petrified. How do you feel now thinking about it? Exactly the same. So we tapped on it, even though I feel this fear, just accept who I am. We did a round of tapping. One round of tapping took 30 seconds. And he was able to turn his head like that kid in The Exorcist. <laughs> 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 to the amazement of the people in the room as well, you know. Yeah. And even myself, it still, still amazes me at times. It defies logic, you know. But energy healing is the way to go, I'm telling you. That's crazy. Not discounting, not discounting doctors and everything else, what they do in physicians. Fantastic. Yeah. But once you start to open your eyes and you start to look at stuff, then things really start to manifest. And I was asked this question earlier uh, back here in Cork's 96 FM. Look, Joe, what if everybody thinks this is all gobbledygook and this is a load of bull, what you're talking about, you know? And I said, look, BJ said, a closed mind is open to nothing. Mm -hmm. Put things into context, you know? Yeah. And he goes, well, that's quite to me, isn't it? But I said, well, I didn't mean it that way, but you know, <laughs> unless you're open-minded, I said, you know, yeah. you, you can't delve into other things that are out there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, have an open mind and just be a bit eager and, and try to learn more. You know, you'd be very surprised what, what you pick up along the way. Yeah, that that's the whole purpose of my podcast. I want to like talk to different people that I would never talk to and like learn like where to come from. So like, I'll try and not obviously like it's a natural sort of emotion for people to like prejudge shit so like um like if i've got like a hunter on or something like that there um and like i'm, I'm i think of myself as sort of like an animal rights like activist like i even though i don't like do anything but like i just love like animals and um i had a hunter on and i was getting him on i'm asking him like questions just to sort of understand where he's coming from because he's mm -hmm. a fucking person at the end of the day as well and he really opened my eyes like about like why he does it and stuff like that there. And um, I, f I feel like that that's the best way to go. Like if you don't agree with someone, like actually step into their shoes and like learn that's, why they're doing it. That's brilliant. Nathan. Fair play to you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. And your podcasts are fantastic. And I watched a couple of these therapists and credit to you, you know. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I commend you on that. And I take my hat off to you, you know. But I suppose, Nathan, I suppose one of the, the most important things I could do here is really explain about what EFT is all about. Yeah, definitely. And, and how it works. No, there's just something like that now. Everything is relevant when it does come up. And just in the back of my mind now, it's been just popping in there. I've given a talk um, in, a, in a large pharmaceutical plant here back in, back in Ireland, you know. And I've given several talks over three or four days. And... I was on site this particular morning. It was about half past seven. I was getting prepared for the day ahead again. And I got a phone call off this director of a company. Now, this place was, I mean, this place was huge, Nathan. So we had lots of subcontractors scattered all over the sites before we went down to the main site, okay? In all their offices and stuff like that. There was lots of them there. So I got this phone call off this gentleman. He says, Jerry, um, this is such and such. Are you on site? I said, I am. He said, look, um, can you get down to such and such an office? ASAP, we have a, a member of our staff in a very distressed state. Mm. No problem, I'll be there. I was there about, I'd say, a minute and a half, Nathan. Got down there, knocked at the door. 
And this guy came out and he goes, sir, we remember Stefan that he wants to take his own life. Right? Yes, I kid you not. No, I think it's relevant that I'm speaking about this, Nate, and otherwise I wouldn't be speaking about it. And um, I get around to the point in about EFT and stuff. But what happened was, I'm thinking, right, right okay, episode in the morning, the guy wants to take his own life. He said, we don't know what to do, Jack. So I said, okay, what's going on? He said, he's talking this way and that way. We can't make sense of him. I said, bring me in. Went in and the other director was there and this guy, not kidding me, he was on his knees on the floor. He was crying his eyes out. He had his head in his hands, 47 years of age. What a sight now to see at the end of seven in the morning, right? But this is life. These things happen. This is why I guess I'm speaking about this. This was happening right in front of me. So the two, the two directors, they were well, they were well shook now. They didn't know what to do. So they said, we'll get on to such and such a suicide thing and we'll get on to this. And I said, you'll get on to nobody, I said. I said, you get out to nobody. I said, this is critical. I said, this needs to be dealt with straight away. Mm. And I said, I will deal with this right now if I get this gentleman's go ahead. So mm. I went over and put my hand on his shoulder. And I said, what's your name? He told me his name. And I said, will you give me permission to help you? And he just looked up and he said, there's the cat. I need the cat. That scared the absolute shit out of me. There was <laughs> something going on behind <laughs> me. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> the pet cat. <laughs> so anyway, I went over and I said, can I, I can help you this morning. I said, if you allow me to. And he just, he didn't even speak to me, he just nodded his head. So the two guys were heading out the door and I said, anything you need, just please come out to us, you know. So cut a long story short, Nathan, right? I spent three and a half hours with this guy. We've become really good friends now since, as it happens, right? This was about three years ago. And um, I started to work on it. No, I got him from being on the floor, got him to sit down, really distraught now, traumatised. I mean, crying his eyes out uncontrollably in front of me. I spent three and a half hours with this guy, completely turned his life around within three and a half hours. And I'll tell you why. Like we spoke about a while ago, there was a culmination of many factors in this gentleman's life that had come to a head on this site at half a seven on a Thursday morning three years ago. You might be asking why. Okay, well, the questions we went through, what he had endured as a child, okay? Serious abuse and lowest more besides. Broken relationships, broken marriage, couldn't see the kids. There's a myriad of massive emotional content that this gentleman was holding up to. And on the Thursday morning at half to seven, bang, came crashing down. All the emotions came up, felt it in the physical body, couldn't control it, didn't know what was happening, and bang, crashed completely like a computer just went down. So the three and a half hours I spent with him, we dealt past events, emotion, the content and the trauma that he endured that had brought him to the place where he was at that particular moment in his life and completely not to released it, cut all energetic cords between the time, places and events, released the trapped emotions, released the energy blocks, completely and utterly changed his life in three and a half hours to the point where he was on his knees when I went in to when I was finished, he was hugging me to the point of nearly breaking my ribs. The two guys came in the door afterwards, after three and a half hours, I went up and brought them in. And the two of them looked at me and they looked at each other and they couldn't believe what they were seeing in front of their eyes. The transformation of this, from this gentleman to where he was then, to where he was at half past 12 or whatever the case would be, 11 o'clock in the morning, you know. And um, that's how effective EFT can be. That's the whole point they get to. Okay, yeah. I'll just go on another bit, right? How does EFT work? Okay, 
EFT, I guess, is the psychological acupressure technique I routinely use in my, in my clinic to make such a profound difference in people's lives. How does it work? We've got, we, I use a tapping sequence on the upper body um, while verbalizing how we feel, how the client feels. And what we're doing when we're tapping, we're sending a signal, an energetic kinetic chain to what's called the amygdala in the brain as part of the limbic system. And what, what, what the, the amygdala is responsible for is the fight or, or flight mm -hmm. uh, response. But in a lot of cases where there might be anxiety and depression, worry and fear, the amygdala starts to kick in, getting ready for the fight or flight response. Okay, so in this case, while tapping, verbalizing how we feel, we're sending this energy to the amygdala, telling it, look, everything's okay. You know, you're not going to be attacked by a lion or you're not going to be attacked at all. Everything's okay. So the tapping sends this energy to the amygdala and it starts to distress our whole system. It starts to rebalance us again and it starts to make us feel safe. So just by tapping and connecting with the amygdala, which is also responsible for, for the processing of emotions, we can start to dissipate and to bring down how we're feeling at that particular moment. So that's how EFT works in a nutshell. The tapping on the acupressure points starts to relieve stress and depressive states within the physical and the energy body and starts to change one's life because you start to alter the direction and the way that you're thinking. Once you start to feel better and you drag yourself out of the doldrums of despair that you are in this particular moment, when you start to address how you're feeling again, we spoke about this at the start, how you're feeling and the feelings again are the guideposts to our understanding. No one accept them. Most of us don't want to delve into our feelings because they're scary. Mm. They're scary mm. things, you know, because we're bringing up stuff from the past. But as I said at the start, unless we address stuff in the past, we cannot possibly heal. Yeah. No, I totally, totally agree with that. It was good that you sort of summarized the EFT as well, because um, I could have, I, I sort of knew what it was uh, in the back of my mind because before I started the podcast, I went on the yeah. Google um, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, to yeah, see yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. But I also, <laughs> I also uh, been uh, looking at a couple of your posts as well um, for what you preach, um, which is amazing. Um, see with like, because whenever I was looking at Google, it said that it was a psychological like acupuncture, um, with like the obviously you can get like physical acupuncture as well. Like people get like the, isn't it the needle and you can get done for acupuncture yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so in a sense, like from that there, that's kind of what like obviously the tapping is doing. It's re releasing that sort of stress from certain parts of the body. But then, like you said, it's going into your amygdala or how do you pronounce amygdala. it? Is it amygdala? Amygdala. I, I was reading yeah. the book and I kept on pronouncing it. A amygdala for some reason it, 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 it took me a while to get it as well Dave. it's not just you bro <laughs> yeah. um, so it uh, but like you said so like the tapping it sort of resets like your whole sort of would I be right in saying like it sort of resets like your nervous system fantastic very well put very well put yeah excellent and that's exactly what it does you know I mean you, again, I suppose a lot of the times when I, when I give talks, I try to explain to people that we, you know, we're vibrational beings and we live in a vibration-based universe mm. and everything that we vibrate, we project out into universal consciousness and we draw back into our life's experience on a daily basis. Now, what I mean by that is, again, people don't understand that, again, I try and simplify it, that our thoughts create our feelings, 
our feelings create our emotions and our emotions create our vibrational frequency. So what we vibrate out, we draw back in to the premise of the law of attraction, okay? So let's say, for instance, most people that come to see me in my clinic, their vibration is low. In fact, it's rock bottom. Why? They wouldn't be coming to see me otherwise. They might be suffering with whatever emotional content that they're holding on to. So therefore, their vibration has to be rock bottom. Now, the tapping, when we're tapping, raises the vibration. And I've got this so many times feedback from people. When I left you, I felt unbelievable. And the things that happened to me in the following days was just incredible. Why? Because when you raise your vibrational frequency, you will start to attract positive thoughts, mm. feelings, emotions, people, circumstances, situations, and events into your life on a daily basis that will only serve you in a positive way. So you've gone from rock bottom to now hitting the roof with your vibration. Now, just because you can't see this, Nate, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, this exactly. is very, very, very real, okay? Very real. I mean, you know yourself at times, you walked into a room and you could cut the atmosphere with a knife. That's the energy. You can mm -hmm. feel that energy. Now, this is very, very real, just like your vibration. So if you're feeling down, guys, if you're feeling anxious, depressed, worried, if you're worrying about things from the past, your vibration is low. And you know that because of the way your life is at the moment, the way you're conducting your life. So as I said at the start, if, and you could, you could repeat it after me, those that are listening, if I always do what I've always done, I will always get what I've always gotten. Now, what does that mean? You know exactly what it means. Because if you're not feeling right within yourself, and if you're doing the same thing every day and you're getting the same results, ching, what's that? Yeah, I got to start doing things differently yeah. in order to change what I've been doing to enhance my life and to feel better in my life and to move forward in my life and to empower myself. I need, no, not even need, I choose to take full control of how I'm thinking, how I'm speaking about myself and how I'm acting on a daily basis. Only until then can I change the situation that I'm in and the circumstances that have created how I'm feeling at this moment in my life. I need to make the change because nobody else can do it. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, do you ever do you ever fuck about with uh, like Reiki or anything like that? Reiki, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Reiki master on top of that as well. Yeah. So I, I do. I also do hands-on healing. I do spiritual hands-on healing, which apart from the Reiki, I also do um, uh, hands-on healing, which I studied in London, and it's it's extremely effective. It's a powerful, yeah. powerful technique, you know. I'm one of very few people that are doing it in Ireland, mm. to be honest with you. you know? In fact, I think I'm the only one. So I keep that, I keep that under wraps, you know. That's that's for the, the ones with the real physical pain and emotional yeah. pain and put the hands on, you know. And it's basically re rebalancing the chakras as well. That that's what I was thinking. I was kind of like thinking that um EFT is kind of um it's obviously not exactly like that, but it's uh whenever I was thinking of like things that are similar to it, I was like thinking Oh, well, it's, it's clearly like linked in with like meditation, kind of yoga, sort of all about that breathing, sort of that calm state. Um, yeah. And that's what I get from it, from the way that you're that you're talking about it. Um, mm. Have you ever, I know this is going to sound weird because I know it's not legal in um, Ireland. Have you ever experimented with like psychedelics or anything like that? No. No, no I didn't. I didn't. Have uh, you ever been like, did. would you want to? Oh, you know something I, I, I wouldn't mind trying to ayahuasca. Is that what Scott pronounced? Yeah, ayahuasca. I heard yeah. of that before. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind trying that. Yeah. To be honest with you, you know, somewhere down the line, I might, I might have the opportunity to do it. I believe I, it's, it's an incredible trip, like, you know. 
I listen to Joe Rogan a lot and obviously he's a big pothead and he loves all that shit and he's done DMT and stuff like that there. Mm-hmm. Um, I could kind of say he probably has influenced me in my subconscious or something like that. But yes. like, um, because like I always want to ask questions and like learn more and stuff like that there. And like, um, I've had a couple of people on before where they've like talked about like uh, an ancient like uh, civilization. They were always using like some sort of drug. Even if you look at like some stories in the Bible and stuff like that there, it seems kind of like... Uh, like psychedelic like the burning bush and shit like that um but i would always love to just like sort of see like obviously when like fucking like take it from someone off the street i would like to be like in a like in a practice like where it's like controlled and there's someone looking after me and like maybe i'm hooked up to like a machine that's like looking at my breathing and stuff like that my blood pressure Mm -hmm. um but yeah i would i would love to just like sort of to sort of like experience it and just see like what what it would be like um because I've heard so many people like saying that like they've came out of it and like they're like rejuvenated, like they find themselves or something. Even like yeah. people who've like came out of like a coma or something like that as well. Like they've uh, they, they've like had this like sort of profound moment in their life. And um, mm. I've just always wanted. I haven't really asked many people that. That's why I wanted to ask you because you're sort of. No, you're dead right. Because I actually met a guy in the UK go back a couple of years ago. We actually became good friends, you know, and uh, he had done the ayahuasca. Uh, that's the way to pronounce it, several times in Amsterdam, you know. Yeah. He'd actually had, he said, I'd love to get you over there, Joey. He said, this is life-transforming, life you know. Yeah. And the things he was telling me, the places he was actually going, and, you know, obviously all the body, body experiences, you know. He was he was going to different dimensions, even with the spirit world, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said it was just life-changing afterwards. It was yeah. life-changing. And he did it several times after, you know. And he continued to do it every couple of months. But... The, the the environment where that was taking place was uh was was really well put together you know yeah and it was very safe like that and it was only the chosen few that could go to this particular establishment it was mm-hmm. by invitation only you know so yeah it was really would, well put together I would definitely love it well maybe that's something maybe in the future me and you and um, we could you volunteer. never know that volunteer I anything out my friend <laughs> I anything out um. <laughs> Just before we uh, move off um, this sort of subject, I know at the end of the last live that you've done with uh, The Flawed Journey, uh, Emma, that you said you wanted to talk about um, social media um, because you just didn't touch on it. And that always resonated in my mind because um, as we're coming into like, it's kind of like, it's not like a new year's because like obviously like Instagram and like Facebook's been here since 2007. Instagram's been here since 2011. And... But there's kind of like a new age now of like social media because of lockdown, where I believe people, like I was talking about before, people are in, we're in a bubble, but they're in their own private bubble now. And it's like people can say stuff without consequences. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does it work, man. does it work. It's scary. Yeah. Social media is absolutely fantastic in the right hands. Mm-hmm. Well, it can be detrimental in the wrong hands, you know. Not the wrong hands, the wrong mindset, you know. Mm. You can create an awful lot of hurt and pain to people. And one of, one of the people that's popping into my head there now is, uh, God bless that poor girl, uh, Caroline Flack. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, TV presenter, she presented Love Island and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think she was having problems with, in her own relationship. And when, when you're in the media like that, you're, 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 you're all over the screen, to be fair, and you're an easy target. And as you rightly said, Nathan, you know, people behind the screen and you don't know who they are and the barrage of abuse that some people get and unfortunately that poor girl did get it you know and it brought her to taking her own life you know 
But unfortunately, she, she looked upon other people's opinions being more important than her opinions about herself. Yeah. She obviously wasn't that strong-minded or she didn't have the backup. Or, you know, maybe her loved ones didn't really realise how, how fragile she was at that moment. Now, that's the bad side of um, social media. The good side of social media is what you're doing, Nathan. Mm-hmm. The likes of us speaking. Yeah, exactly. Share, share our, our knowledge and our wisdom with uh, countless amounts of people out there to try and make life that bit better, you know. So it's got its pros and cons. And, you know, Caroline Flack is only is only one person. And, you know, as the saying goes, you have to go out to her. I think there's a program on, on here in Ireland uh, some late during the week about her, her life and her death. But it's so tragic when it when it can come to something like that. And it's happened, it's happening right across the board. It really is, you know. Even young young school kids back here took their own lives because of the uh, social media bullying. And lots more besides. It's just so so unfortunate, you know. And mm. unfortunately, you can't really please it. That's yeah. the sad thing about it, you know. Can't please it. It's a. It's so strange. Like um, people are talking, obviously, about Caroline Flack, um, and people are sort of liking her to Meghan Markle as well at the moment. That's just been the talk of everyone's fucking mm. mouth. And I know yeah. it's. It obviously is a sad situation, and and but it gets to a point where like. I look at like successful people and they're like, they don't look at the news because they don't want to, don't want to bring it like a downer on their sort of their own like situation. But um, I feel it's important to like um, shine a light on like sort of issues like that. So like this like whole uh, Megan and Harry thing has like, it's created such a divide. It's like uh, Republicans and Democrats in in the United States. And some people are like saying, oh, she's just, She's faking it all like she's a princess, like um, she shouldn't have anything to complain about. And then obviously the other people, rational thought where I come from as well. And um, mm. it doesn't matter how much money you have, you could fucking you could still be going through things like depressions. Like take for example, Robin Williams, like made yeah. everyone laugh and then yeah. he committed suicide. And um, so which is horrible. Yeah, he's ch- one of my childhood uh yeah sort of figures that I looked up to um, he was in every single movie that isn't that horrible actually thinking about that like he was in like Doubtfire like Hook um, yeah. like Flubber like he was Genie and Aladdin just like all those like movies G, yeah. and just like making people happy but he, he wasn't happy himself like and that's no he wasn't and I go back to Robin Williams when he was in the program called uh, Mark and Mindy Mark and Mindy yeah <laughs> I, I grew up with that like I mean that was just it was class was just uh, he was so so talented guy yeah. was, you know but like unfortunately again if you see um just because you're famous you know and you, you've done really well in your life i mean these people are human beings too it's it's, it's very easy to speak in about people it takes courage to speak well of somebody mm-hmm. it's very easy to sit down behind the computer and slag somebody off you know and to really put down and undermine somebody just because they're they're famous and do, do, i mean do, do people not think that these people have, have feelings and emotions as well. And they've got families, you know. They've got families that love them and that care about them. And it's not just the person that they might be, uh, you know, giving a barrage of abuse to. This affects everybody collectively, especially their, their immediate family. So, you know, before you start speaking bad about people, you know, really, really think about the consequences and what you can actually do and the effect that you have on other people by your uh, horrible words, you know, derogatory words and... Uh, the way you project this all into social media has a massive impact on another human being. So 
I suggest that you delve into your emotional, your own emotional state, whatever you're carrying from the past that's created the barrage of abuse that you might be inciting on people today just for your own gratification and try to start and be kind to other people. And maybe then you start to change your own life. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so like simplistic and cliche when you say that, like just be kind, but like it literally is like, how would you like it if you were on the receiving end of like a really horrible message to you that's public and everyone can see it? Yeah. Yeah. It's cowardly. It is. It, it really is, Carly. And um, I, I feel with like lockdown at the moment, like a lot of people are taking a lot more chances and they are, like I said, they're in their own bubble and because they're not on the street, they think that they can just say some things that they would never, ever say before. Um, mm. And obviously with lockdown as well, you get you have like a lot of people who have uh, done their own startups and stuff like that there in businesses and um, I can even see like hateful comments to people straight away and they're only starting up like saying like mm. shit to them, like giving them shit, like saying, oh, you'll never do anything with that or why are you trying to yeah. be like this? Like it's uh, yeah. it's so horrible. But again, it's like you said, you have to have that sort of strong mind and like resilience to to get through that, get through yeah, all that cloud of bullshit. Yeah. The only way that anybody's going to have any effect over you is if you let them affect you with their words. You must remember you're the captain of your own ship. Whatever yeah. you take in in a derogatory way, you're creating it yourself because you're reacting to the way that they've spoken about you. So they're just opinions. That's all they are. Just opinions. You either take them or you don't. If you take them, they can be detrimental. Mm -hmm. They really can, you know. Um, just swap them off. And as I said at the start, other people's opinions about me are not as important as my opinions about myself. When you speak those words to yourself, Nobody's got any power over you. And don't ever give it any energy. Don't ever give it the power. You are the most important person in your life. Everybody that's listening out there, always remember that. Work on it on a daily basis and use the two most powerful words in existence. I am, everything that follows I am, firm it to yourself on a daily basis, only in a positive way. Change what you're doing, change the way you're thinking in order to change your life. And always remember, everybody out there, if you're going through a tough time at the moment, the storm doesn't last forever. <laughs> I uh I was thinking of ending it on that there note, but there's one thing that just came into my head um that I remember that we have to talk about. Um but that was amazing just what you said there, so lovely and uh so simplistic and just what everyone needs to hear. And uh, for some reason we don't we don't want to hear, we don't listen to it. Um but yeah, so I feel like it would be sort of like a disservice not to talk about this because um, recently you had put up a post on your Instagram um, saying that you had been diagnosed with uh, cancer. And um, I think it would be great for you to sort of, because the person you are, like you're so positive, energetic, and you're very passionate about your work. Um, and I'm, I suppose people are probably thinking like, oh, why the fuck has it happened to this guy? Like there's other people that it could happen to, but sort of, it's good that you've came on and um, I could sort of give you like that uh, platform to like sort of talk about like what your feelings are as, because everyone sees you as a strong person um, and you're obviously helping other people through therapy. Mm -hmm. Like what's sort of like, what, what's going on in your mind right now with that news that you've got? Well, I, I've been, I, I got the diagnosis and I've already been operated on Nathan. 
Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll tell you exactly. <laughs> tell you exactly. And then, you know, people people shun away when they hear the word cancer, like, oh my God, cancer, what am I going to do? Again, it's one of those words that, that, that uh, instills unbelievable fear and doubt in one's system when they hear that word, okay? Not to mention when it's actually told to yourself that you've got cancer. Mm. So what happened was, oh yeah, I'd gone for, um, I just gone for a regular checkup. Oh, hang on, oh, let's pull this one back. Not a regular checkup because I don't go to the doctor. <laughs> I mean, I never go to the doctor. The last time I went to the doctor, I think, was over 20 years ago, right? And the only reason I went to the doctor was, you know, they kept on to me at home. I thought, we'd just go in and get your bloods tested, you know? Now, the last time I saw my doctor, right, I remember what he looked like, obviously. So it was so long since I'd seen him. When I went to this one, it was a new doctor had taken over his position, right? So... I said, look, would you mind just checking my bloods for me? And um, he said, not a bother. So as I was there, now to be fair, Nathan, right, a lot of guys would shy away from it. So I said, would you mind doing um, a prostate check for me? I had no intention of, of asking this question. But as I was there, I said, you know what, I might as well. So he checked it. I said, look, thanks for doing that for me. I appreciate it. You know, it's not, nice, not the nicest thing for you or for me, but look, let's get on with it. And he said, it doesn't feel right, Joe. Um, I think we'll have to get you checked out, get an MRI or stuff. So fast forward, got the MRI, um, got another few tests done, and then it was Christmas week. I got a phone call and said, uh, Joe, you need to go to the to the hospital tomorrow. This was Christmas week to meet with the, with the cancer team up there or whatever. So I went up and he said, uh, my bad news for you, Mr. O'Brien, what's that? He says, uh, you have prostate cancer? And he goes, okay. I said, where do we go from here? And he went, you're taking that very well. I said, that's fine. I said, that's fine. No problem. I said, where do we go from here? <laughs> so he said, um, we have two options. He said, um, and he was still looking at me. Well, my wife was looking at the time. And he said, um, he said, he said, yeah, radiation and chemotherapy. I said, before you go any further, I said, that's not happening. I said, that, that is not happening. I said, what's the next option? He said, uh, full removal of the prostate gland. So he told me the pros and cons of it. He said, um, if you don't get it removed, you'll have five years. Okay, so I said, fine. He said, if you do get it removed, 30 years plus. I said, okay, so where do we go from here? We spoke about it and um, that was Christmas week. So I think it was three weeks ago anyway, the Thursday before the Monday, if I can put it that way, called me and he said, uh, we're fast forwarding this. He said, we're going to operate on you Monday. So I Thursday to Monday, didn't have much time to think about it. No, in the meantime, there was no there was no talk of cancer in my home whatsoever. No talk of it. The word wasn't even mentioned. wasn't mentioned that I was going for an operation or anything. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. I told my my other siblings, I suppose, the night before I went in, and um, went in had the operation on the Monday. I was discharged on a Thursday. No, it was a major operation, serious operation. I was out on the Thursday, got an infection, was back in on Wednesday. Um, gravely ill. They actually thought I was going to die at home. No, that was two weeks ago. Okay. No, came back out, started the recovery. I not went for medication, never have been, ever, to, uh, prescribed medication. But in this case, obviously, because it was, I went through. I needed to take um, antibiotics and lots more besides. So 
it was um, a really, really, really tough ordeal for mm. me what I had to go through. I had tubes sticking out of places where no man should have tubes sticking out of the night bags coming out of me and stuff. Um, really, really, uh, what got me through that, right? And I'm glad that you posed the question, Nathan was. And for everybody out there that's, that's, uh, that's listening, what got me through that was my mental strength. Now, I didn't just have the mental strength on the day going into my surgery. I've had this mental strength for years. I worked on it just like I worked in martial arts and worked on my muscles through the weights. I worked on my mental health for many, many years. So if you work on your mental health now, you will be prepared and you'll be able to handle the situation like I handled. If it does manifest itself in the future for you, you will get through it. But I can't stress enough how strong-minded you have to be in a, in a situation like this. Not necessarily the cancer, but if you hit upon hard times as well, you really, really need to work on your mental strength. Even the doctors were looking at me and saying, like, what's up with this guy, you know what I mean? And they said, um, when the operation was finished, they came to me on the Wednesday, operated on the Monday, they said, look, Ger, there's an awful lot of guys going to terrible bouts of depression. They really go downhill um, when they get the, the news of the cancer and after the operation. And I said, well, it's not going to happen to me, you know. So he was going, it's not going to happen. I, said, I didn't even delve into what I was doing there. I said, well, that won't happen to me, you know. So before I went for the cancer, operation which was a couple of weeks ahead i was working on myself no i'd worked on myself for years but i was working on myself even more now being mentally strong and i was tapping on myself every day releasing any blocks and that so after the operation i started um tapping on myself that was the monday the tuesday i started tapping on myself in the bed i could barely move no it was really ill but i started tapping on myself in the bed and affirming to myself the way i wanted to be after this I took in my own homeopathic remedies to ease the scarring and the nerve damage and stuff. I started taking them without the knowledge of the doctors. Nothing to do with them anyway. Homeopathic is natural. So I worked on that. And then as I came out, um, I started working on myself more. I made an After the infection, that was a bad, bad one that was came out. And then from there, um, I had to take it easy for a couple of days. And the doctors said, um, I'm not recommending this to anybody, no guys, right? Uh, the doctor said you won't be able to lift anything for over three months. The most you'll be able to lift is a kg. I was out on the Wednesday. I was training on the Monday. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. It wasn't lifting the weights. It normally lift, just nice and gentle. And I took it nice and easy. And if I felt anything going below, I'd have eased off. But I took it really nice and easy, you know. Yeah. So I'm back training, take it nice and slow. But it, it's all in the head, guys. I'm telling you. Everything starts in a state of consciousness. Everything. So if you're not strong in your state of mind, you're going to fold. You're going to fold. So you've got to build yourself up now. And if you listen to this podcast, please take some advice from myself and Nathan and work on your mental health and emotional health. And you become powerfully strong within yourself. Powerfully strong. Because without your mental health, you don't have any mental Without your mental health, you don't have any health mm-hmm. whatsoever. So I'm glad you posed that question. Do I give the cancer a second thought? No, I don't. No, I know I got to go back in two weeks because they took lymph node samples to see that the cancer hadn't hasn't travelled or anything like that. So I'll find out in two weeks' time. Um, once I got the full all clear, you know. But I don't give it a second thought, honestly. No, that's amazing, Joe. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. And um, 
I'm a big believer in like what you've said as well. Like it's all about the mental state. I'm like, if you're going to just accept that you've got cancer and you're going to be like, Oh, I'm going to die. Like that's no way to think you're fucking, you've lost the battle already. Like you're clearly a fighter and like, um, you, you'll definitely get through, especially with your mental state. And I mean, like you'd rather go out fighting than not. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not just going to sit there and piss and wallow. So, um, I'm, I'm so glad that, um, you shared that with people and um i think that's probably really that's a that's a good high to to finish on um is there anything else that you want to sort of share or mention yeah but you know what it is Nathan? it's just an experience it's just one of life's experiences that we all have in life this is my particular personal experience no i believe i attracted this cancer myself at an energy level somewhere along the line whatever trapped emotions i made have done to this is my belief this is my belief, okay, that I attracted it for some reason and that I will learn from this experience that I've gone through. Now, I've often said this to some clients and stuff that we all go through different experiences in life, you know, there's breakups in relationships when, when, we're, when we're young, there's breakups in marriages, we lose jobs, we lose finances uh, from investing in, in dodgy schemes or whatever the case may be, but they're all experiences, right? Now, when people endure these negative experiences and they feel really terribly emotionally okay a lot of people actually take their own lives okay and they go into the doldrums of despair but if you don't start to realize that everything in life happens for a reason and it is an experience and if we all start to take our own lives because of negative experiences that we've had then there'd be nobody left on the planet we need to learn from experiences, especially the so-called negative ones, because some of the most negative experiences that I've had in my life, I know no look back has been some of the most enlightening experiences that I've had, that has molded me into who I am, that has transitioned, helped me transition into who I am to this day. And what I've learned from these past experiences is where I've got my growth and understanding about where I am in my life, where I'm going to go and who I am as a person. If I didn't have these experiences, I wouldn't be sitting here with you now. I wouldn't be helping countless amounts of people doing what I'm doing unless I had experiences. So no matter what you're going through in your life or if you go through some serious negative aspects in your life in the future, this will pass, but you need to learn from it. Yes, it is going to hurt. Yes, you're going to feel bad, but you will learn from it if you work on your mental and emotional strength you will get through it a lot easier. But always talk about it. And what I will say is, affirm again. Keep affirming to yourself on a daily basis. One simple affirmation you could say, today, every morning, today, no matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing, no matter who I am doing it with, it is my dominant intent to see that which I want to see. For nothing is as important as that I feel good. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I feel so empowered right now. <laughs> that's, one, that's, one of, that's one of many. That's yeah. one of many. If you need any really powerful ones, like, I can ping a couple over to you, Nate. Fuck yeah. I feel like watching fucking Braveheart or something now. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't help but I just, I just can't help but I just, I just, oh man, I love what I do. I love no, talking you, to people you're, you're fucking brilliant at what you do. Um, have a lot of respect and admiration for you. Um, is there uh where would you like to uh, direct people to find you then obviously you're on instagram do you have uh, like facebook or youtube or even linkedin or something like that there yeah i'm, I'm on facebook at Jero brain um i've got a website www.jerobrain.com 
you can uh, contact me there on Facebook, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, yeah, and of course I'm on Instagram at your O'Brien Cork. But, um, you know, I, and I also do Zoom sessions with people around the world. I do therapy sessions. And it blew me away the first time I did my first Zoom session with a client in the States. It was literally like they were in the room with me. There was no difference. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Could not get over it, you know. And I thought, whoa, this was so powerful, you know. Yeah. And, uh, like, everybody needs a hand, Nathan, out there today, buddy, you know. Everybody yeah. needs somebody, you know. And, you know, we're just passing through. I had my little cancer thing. So what, like? I swear, honestly, like. So what? Just get on with it, you know what I mean? And um, we're all going to have these little issues in our lives, but you need to learn how to deal with them. Yeah. You really do. Amazing. You know? Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, that was Jer O'Brien. And um, I'm sure everyone's learned a lot about EFT. And um, yeah, thanks very much for coming on, Jer. That was amazing. Not at all. It's been my pleasure, buddy. You're a diamond. And uh, I really love what you're doing and I really, really enjoy this. We'll have to do this again, my friend. We will 100%. Definitely. Thanks, man.